Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Capitals taking on Columbus tonight at Nationwide Arena. The first half of the regular season ends tonight, and it's our mid-season award show honoring the best performances of the first 41 games. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, January 5th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. It's a quick one-game road trip tonight to Central Ohio as the Capitals take on the Columbus Blue Jackets and the team looking to rebound from an overtime defeat Tuesday night at the hands of Tage Thompson and the Buffalo Sabres. A few things to tighten up defensively, perhaps, in the beginning of two games and two nights. Of course, Nashville in tomorrow. But it's been this team's calling card, Ben, the last few weeks team defense and they're looking to get it back on track here in Ohio tonight. It really has and looking to take advantage perhaps of a vulnerable Columbus Blue Jackets bunch, a team that has struggled in various categories this year, chief among them scoring an offense. So we'll see if the Caps could take advantage of that matchup here. And to your point, the defensive play from the Capitals maybe got away from them a little bit against the highest scoring team in the league in Buffalo, but certainly has been their calling card in their midseason turnaround dating back to late November. It's tough to imagine, but here we are, 40 41 games after the Columbus game in the books, 41 to go. We have arrived at the halfway point of the season. That means it's time to look back at the best performances of the first half. First half awards. First one up this morning, unsung hero. I think there's a lot of guys that you could look at this roster, especially when you've had all of the injuries that this team has had, that you could point to. I am anxious, sir. Who is your unsung hero? I was going to say, nice to see you suited up here, Black Tie affair for our midseason awards it's catered we have coffee it's very nice unsung hero i didn't know this was going to be the first one i'm going a little bit off the board here unsung hero like to give a stick tap to scott allen assistant coach leading the penalty kill this year they've been really good going back to late october that's his baby the penalty kill and i'll also give a shout out to connor sherry He's been a fixture pretty much for the past couple of months on that top line right wing position. You consider no Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie missed stretches, no Connor Brown, which was the design going back to October. Sherry has fit in admirably playing primarily with Ovechkin and Strom. Scott Allen, Connor Sherry, unsung heroes. Who you got, John? I like the idea of Scott Allen being involved in that. His first year with a team and looking what the PK has done. And he certainly did a job when he was with the Arizona Coyotes, and that seems to have carried over here. I'm going to go a little bit off the board myself, I'm going to go with Matt Irwin because you've got a guy who night in and night out now with more games played than John Carlson and Dmitry Orlov. Dmitry out earlier in the season and John out now. Steady as she goes as far as night in and night out. If you would have said at the beginning of this season that Matt Irwin was going to play in 29 out of 30 games and play more than Carlson and Orlov, I think all of us would have been reaching for the panic button. And here they are in the midst of the race as been as steady as anybody in his own end. He's been primarily a third-pair defenseman, but I do wonder, and there's a lot of guys that you can say, where would they be if... But I think that not too many people are going to be looking his direction. And I think what he's been able to do has been pretty admirable. So I'm going to go with Matt Irwin. 
All right, so our next award, let's go with biggest surprise, and I'm going to lead this one off, and hopefully this isn't anything redundant that you may be talking about. I'm going to go with Eric Gustafson and what he's been able to do this season, primarily offensively, the December that he had. I remember when I was doing some games for NBC a few years ago, I got a lot of Chicago games, and I got a chance to see him a lot during the season that he scored 19 goals. And I thought that when he got that shot away from the point. He really made the Blackhawks tough to play against. When you had Kane and Taves and those guys down low, I thought he was a great compliment to those guys. And I was really surprised that he never really found that offensive touch. And boy, in December, did he find it to be able to run off the goals that he got. He got the hat trick. It just seems that he's so confident jumping up in the play. I don't think anybody would have foreseen, especially maybe him himself with a a team-friendly deal of under a million bucks. I think that's one of Brian McClellan's bigger bargains that he hauled into the boat for this season. But Eric Gustafson, to me, just a guy who, not just with the offense, but with the swagger he's brought to the lineup, he's found his game after a pretty long absence. I mean, you got to go back three, four seasons that he was able to put up numbers anywhere close to what he's doing for this team. So good on him. He's my biggest surprise in the first half. Good one. I'll give you two. Two forwards I'm looking at. One is... Marcus Johansson, not that we doubted the potential offensively there, but already in double digits with goals this season, playing primarily on that third line this season. Also saw quite a bit of time on that number one power play unit going back a few weeks ago when he and Kuznetsov were kind of flip-flopped, the one and two units. But Marcus Johansson, he's looked very good this year. He's been steady. He's been consistent. Five game-winning goals. He continues to impress here in his second tenure with the Capitals and also Sonny Milano, we didn't know what we were getting when when he comes, when he's claimed by the Capitals, signed in early November. He has fit in very nicely in a top six role, filling in the offensive void when you consider all the headliners that have been out. So I'll give it to Milano. Johansson, am I allowed to do that? Two of them. Two pleasant surprises for the Capitals here in the first half. I think if nothing else, Laz, you're not very decisive. I think you've had two for each one so far. So that's okay. That's fine. It's been a good first half. There's nothing wrong with that. How about the biggest story of the first half? And when you've got Alex Ovechkin on your team, there is certainly some very big generational stories that we experienced in the first half. You may go that way if you choose. You may go another direction. What's your biggest story in the first half? To me, the biggest storyline is the in-season turnaround. You go back to late November, early December, season had the potential to go off the rails. They had that very difficult road itinerary, eight of nine games on the road. They were dealing with the grind, the adversity, all the injuries piling. And when you consider where this team was around Thanksgiving to where they are now coming out of Christmas and into the new year, the midway point of the season, it's the in-season turnaround and the defensive commitment that's gone along with it. To me, the biggest storyline is how it's almost as if in late November, early December, a switch was flipped and the way they've come out of some inconsistency the first 20 or so games of the year. Ben, the biggest story to me, and it goes back to the end of last season, it goes to July, it goes to training camp, it is goaltending. And what this team has gotten from Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren in the first half of the season. Charlie Lindgren saved this team's season in December. If he doesn't play to the capabilities that he did in December, yes, the defensive commitment was a big part of that. Coming out of the Edmonton game at the beginning of the month and running off what has been an incredible run here over the last three, four weeks to go, teetering on the abyss to right smack dab in the middle of the Eastern Conference race. They do not do that without Charlie Lindgren. They do not do that 
without Darcy Kemper. These guys were both brought in in what was a radical realignment in the summer. Two homegrown Capitals goaltending prospects hit the bricks. And these guys come in from outside. Charlie Lindgren, an unbelievable value contract. Three years at just over a million. What an incredible signing. He's already turned out to be Darcy Kemper. You knew what you were getting when you go out and get a Stanley Cup champion goaltender and a guy that has done nothing but produce very solid numbers throughout his career. But to be able to see it unfold night in and night out, this team didn't get enough good goaltending last year or the year before that, for that matter. They are getting it now. If they are able to continue that into the second half, they're going to be a playoff team. And goaltending to me, it was the story last summer. It was the story to start the year. I think it's still a story now. All right, so now we're up to game of the year. You've got going into the Columbus game, there are 40 to choose from, Ben. What game do you look back on and you say, man, that was the game in the first half? I look to one of the in-season turning points, perhaps. I look back at the Edmonton game, December 5th in Edmonton. At the time, for context, the Capitals had just lost two nights earlier in Calgary. It was their eighth loss in 10 on the road. They had also lost Faravari and Kemper due to injury in that Calgary game. And then, lo and behold, you've got Dreisaitl and McDavid waiting for you in Edmonton. And all the Capitals did that night was pull off a 3-2 win. They fired 50 shots on goal at Stuart Skinner. And remember the third period, the Alexei Protus game. Alexei Protus in that third period was a difference maker. He was terrific. He ultimately had the primary assist on a Nick Dowd game-winning goal. They beat the Oilers 3-2. It jump-started a stretch in which they went 11-1-1 to close out December. But that game, again for context, it was game five of a six-game road trip. It was not going particularly well. And when we talk about a turnaround, an in-season turnaround, they played inspired, motivated hockey that night and really seemed to have served as a springboard for the terrific run they've been on ever since. An honorable mention first, New Year's Eve against Montreal. I'm going to. I'm not going to be real decisive on this either. There really weren't too many things to pick in October, November. It wasn't going very well. A lot of these moments, of course, coming in the month of December. Honorable mention is New Year's Eve because that was just fun. Nine goals, the Capitals with a romp over Montreal, Ovechkin with a hat trick, and the festive atmosphere with a juiced building at Capital One Arena. That was a lot of fun. But the biggest one for me did not happen in D.C. It happened at United Center in Chicago. And I I really do think back on December 13th that part of this team's December success fed off of that game. We did not think going in that Alex Ovechkin was going to get a hat trick to get to 800 goals. He had not had a hat trick in more than a calendar year. It was Black Friday last season at home against Florida. So there wasn't a whole lot of indication that, hey, this is big things coming down the pike here. But when he got that goal in the first minute, he gets the second one in relatively quick succession, and you realize that we're on the brink of history. And what you felt in the locker room afterward. And I think that's what kind of has continued to feed this. Yes, Alex Ovechkin chasing unbelievably the most goals of all time, and he's going to get it at some point in the next couple of seasons. I don't think there's much doubt about that as long as he stays healthy. But it was the emotion that surrounded it for him, for Evgeny Kuznetsov. Anthony Mantha had an assist on that, talking to him after the game. The atmosphere in the dressing room after what everyone in this room knew it was something unbelievably special. And you could feel it among the media in the hallway. Alan May was emotional about it, interviewing Alex after the game. And we had talked about it here on the show a few weeks ago. I don't know, unless you were there, that I don't know that you can realize the fullness 
of the emotion that came after that game. Yes, it was unbelievable as it happened, but I think just the team bonding that came after the game meant a whole lot. So to me, that's the game of the year. That's very well said. And I I will say to that point, I mean, we could do a whole podcast all about this, but I will say to that point, when you talk about the emotion and the way it lifted the team as a whole, there's been talk, there's been rumblings, folks wondering, is a milestone chase like this an individual achievement? Is it a distraction? Could it be a distraction? It's anything but in these parts. The team really feeds off of it, and there's a real energy and a positive vibe. And you described what it was like that night in Chicago, and we saw it throughout the month of December. It really does seem to serve as a carrot collectively for the team, and they do feed off of it. And that night in Chicago, a perfect example of just that. All right, so two to go. Let's go with newcomer of the year, a new face in the Washington lineup that has made the most impact in the first half of the season. You, sir. You touched on the goaltending as the biggest storyline. We got to focus on Charlie Lindgren right here. You referenced, you know, you can make the case he saved the season going back to December. How about this? Since December 5th, we referenced that win over the Edmonton Oilers. Lindgren, since December 5th, 9-1 and record, 1.90 goals against average, and 934 save percentage. And over that stretch started eight in a row while Darcy Kemper was out with the upper body injury you talk about filling the void and next man up mentality Charlie Lindgren he personally made it a December to remember and I think the big thing with him and Kemper as well to an extent to piggyback off the storyline with the goalies what they have both done very well they make big saves at big moments I reeled off the numbers but there's a feel there's a vibe there's an eye test there's something to your point you need to maybe be in the building to fully appreciate it the saves that are made at key moments when the saves are made how they're made the types of goals that are not being allowed potential momentum killers they've been very steady and making big key saves at key moments and lingering you talk about the bar in three years at 3.3 million total. Just a terrific first impression. Newcomer of the year, first half, Charlie Lindgren. Old Chucky. I would probably go along those lines, but I'm going to stick with the goaltending and say Darcy Kemper to be able to bring in. All right? How about that discussion? Newcomer of the year. We both pick a goalie. Each, each a goalie. Both with double-digit wins going into the second half, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. But the pedigree and the swagger that he brings in, I think he helped pave the road for Charlie a little bit, too, in saying, look, they come in at the same time. Their roles were clearly defined. I think the organization did a very intelligent job here of going out and identifying the two guys they wanted, brought them in at the same time. They came in knowing exactly what their roles were going to be. It was spelled out to them very well. Darcy Kemper won a Stanley Cup last year. He is a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. And if the Capitals are going to entertain a deep run and try to win their second as a franchise, you are going to need the best defense possible, and you need that last line of defense to steal you a series or two. That's how the Capitals would win this year. They're not the fastest team, and I got news for you. They're not going to be. If they have to go up against the Carolina Hurricanes, that's going to be a lot of team speed. How do you beat a team like that? You slow them down, you hit them, and you need goaltending. And the fact that both of these guys have been able to shine, I think, certainly you're right, says a lot about where the Capitals are here at midseason. All right, so we have arrived at the last award for the first half, the most valuable player. Kind of tough not to pick number eight for this one, but I'm going to turn it over to you. Got to go Alex Ovechkin. You, you have to. Just the way he, again, in his 18th year, age 37, all the miles on the hockey odometer, the fact he continues to do what he does and doing so much heavy lifting, again, when you consider 
No Backstrom, no Wilson, Oshie missing stretches, all the injuries as well when you consider the back end, in goal, Darcy Kemper missing time, etc., etc. A lot of guys have stepped up and elevated their play, but we should never take for granted Alex Ovechkin continuing to play north at 20 minutes a night and his ability to drag the team into the fight and again that chase for history. The trickle-down effect it has had on his teammates, he's motivated, he's dialed in, he's engaged, not too many, if any, nights off for Ovechkin, and I really think that captain Alex Ovechkin, the leader Alex Ovechkin, when so many veterans have been out, shouldn't uh, underestimate that value as well. Just another first-half MVP performance, ho-hum, from Alex Ovechkin. I can't pick anybody different. It's Alex Ovechkin, and it's not particularly close in a year that has been marred by injuries. The Capitals still with the most man games lost due to injury as we get into the second half of the season. I marvel, Ben, at the history of it, not the number as much as how he is doing it this late in his career. I watched Gretzky as a kid. I watched Brett Hull when I was in college. I feel like that I have seen a number of the best goal scorers that this league has ever known in person. I was in the building in St. Louis when he broke the Blues goal scoring record a whole bunch of years ago. I was actually, funny enough, in the building for 894 when Gretzky scored his last goal. And that's interesting enough. I happened to be in New York. They were playing the Islanders. He was at the end. But that's kind of my point where these guys, once they got to the age of 30, Hall had 86 one year. Gretzky had 92. They got to single seasons that Alex never got to. But it's the consistency and the ability to do it now at the age of 37. By the time that Gretzky and Hall were 37, they were nowhere near what is going on right now. That's where you look at a game against Buffalo, where he just comes out of nowhere and he still has the ability to throw up a multi-goal game in quick succession. The hat trick against Montreal. The hat trick against Chicago, doing it with a flair for the dramatic. He is not the same player he was when he came in the league. He is still, without a doubt, your first half most valuable player. And interesting as well, quote-unquote, finding different ways to score goals. He's gone to the interior a lot this year. Think about that hat-trick against the Chicago Blackhawks, where the goals were coming from, and the midway point of the season on pace for another 50-goal campaign. And also of note, even strength. We think about the one-timer from the left face-off circle. Only Colorado's Miko Rantanen with more even strength goals this year than Alex Ovechkin. And one final thought on him and the season he's had. When you think about great moments, the respect factor, the Winnipeg Jets gave him as well the night he tied and passed Gordie Howe with that handshake line at center ice that night. I, I think as we've seen Ovechkin pass legends over the past few years, this is almost a different echelon, a different level now when you talk about 800 and Gordie Howe and now what's ahead with Wayne Gretzky. You really feel that over these past few weeks, over this first half of the season, that this is, even for Ovechkin, another notch of real elite, elite company. So there they are, your first half awards. The Capitals wrapping up the first half tonight in Columbus. The Caps and Jackets tonight at 7 Eastern, 645 air on 106.7 A Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Heard at CapsRadio247.com. Ben, have yourself a game day Thursday, will you? Happy Thursday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.